Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, September the 12th, 2022. It is currently 12.04 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And I'm scared. I, I, I'm frightened right now. I, I, In fact, I'm thinking about contacting the authorities, maybe even getting a restraining order. Because obviously... Jonathan Kahn, author of The Harbinger, is stalking me. Obviously, he's following me. Okay, not not actually, not 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 in real life, but it feels like Jonathan Kahn, the author of The Harbinger, is following me. He's stalking me because it's absolutely crazy what keeps happening in regards to the name Jonathan Kahn. And my life, if you were, we, we're, we're doing kind of a, a mini series on Jonathan Kahn, but it's really bizarre how the whole thing started. Remember, I was sitting there, all of a sudden I, I grabbed my iPad and there's a notification for a new podcast episode entitled Jonathan Kahn and his books. And I'm like, oh, that, that looks interesting. So I, I, I clicked on it and I'm like, okay, maybe I should listen to this. You know what? I'll find the episode and maybe, maybe I will. I mean, if he, obviously there must be a new book, there must be something going on to get a brand new podcast episode in regards to Jonathan Kahn. I'm like, you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll just review the audio in real time. Remember, that's how I typically do things. I don't listen to it first because I like to listen to it in real time with you and react so it's more organic and real. I'm like, there's got to be something new going on with Jonathan Kahn. So I went to, I grabbed uh, my laptop, started looking for the the episode, Jonathan Kahn on his books or Jonathan Kahn and his books. And I'm like, I can't find this episode anywhere. What is going on? So I looked, I looked, I, I went to all of my other podcast apps and I'm like, I can't find it, can't find it, can't find it, can't find it. Can't. I'm like, why, why on only the Overcast podcast app did this episode appear? I, I could not figure out what was going on. And for some bizarre reason, on the Overcast podcast app, they sent me a notification for an episode that was released in 2015. The actual podcaster had not re-released it. They had not, because it didn't show up on any of the other podcast apps. It didn't show up because I subscribed to that same podcast on all of them. And I'm like, so why only, it made absolutely no sense. But since I'd already found, you know, I, I, I decided, you know what? They brought up Jonathan Kahn. It's been a while. You know, he's still very influential in the evangelical world. A lot of people still talk about the Harbinger. I think there's a a Harbinger movie. Then there was the Harbinger part two. And then there's other books. And I'm like, okay, it, it can't hurt to talk about him, you know, one more time or two more times to warn people. Because as I have stated so many times, I think the Harbinger is an absolute train wreck, hermeneutically speaking. In fact, I I always go back and forth. It's the worst book in the history of biblical hermeneutics, but on the other hand, it's the absolute best book to buy, give to your church, and then walk them through them to teach them how not to do biblical hermeneutics, all right? So I'm like, okay, maybe we'll talk about it. So we started doing a couple of podcast episodes, and I'm like, all right, Wonderful. And then all of a sudden, Jonathan Kahn's name would appear here, and then his name would appear, and I kept coming across his name over and over, and I'm like, what is going on? Why is Jonathan Kahn all of a sudden appearing everywhere? And then, this is insane. 
Yesterday, I thought, you know what? It's September. And usually somewhere between September, October, November, maybe January, there's something about that time of the year that for some weird reason leads me to go subscribe to Coast to Coast AM. Now, if you're not familiar with Coast to Coast AM, it's one of the most listened to overnight radio programs in the country. It's not near as relevant or influential as it used to be, but Coast to Coast AM, they were they were the conspiracy theory radio overnight program before really conspiracy theories was a, was a really big, big, big thing. And they talk about everything from UFO abductions to reptilians to the Illuminati, secret societies, psychics, uh, ghost, uh, demon possession. I mean, you name it. I mean, Atlantis, Bigfoot, uh, Loch Ness Monster. I mean, you just, I mean, there's nothing that they will not talk about on Coast to Coast AM. It's crazy. It's bizarre. But every once in a while, I like to just kind of, and used to, you have to, you know, used to, you had to listen to it when it came on the air, which was about midnight. I think my time midnight to what, three or four in the morning, uh, is when it aired. And, um, so I would listen to it overnight. But now, obviously, with technology, you know, you don't have to wait and listen to it when it goes live. You can listen to it via, well, their subscription service. Now, the fact that they don't have their radio program as a podcast for free still bothers me greatly because almost everyone else does that. Sean, I mean, Glenn Beck does that. Sean Hannity, they do their radio program and immediately it's available as a podcast. But Coast to Coast does not. But that's okay. I'll pay $7, whatever it is, $7, $10 a month, whatever it is. And I do it for a couple of months. It's no, it's not that big a deal. And then they have an app, the Coast to Coast AM app. You can listen to it live when it's live. And then you can listen to like a seven years of archives of programs. So it's just, it's just a fun, like, you know what? I don't, I don't take much. I don't take their claims seriously. It's just, all right, what this, this bizarre world that I'll just step into to hear what they're talking about, because I always find it fascinating and interesting because my, that's just the way my life, I have a million interests. I'm, I mean, I'm interested in everything. That's probably my problem. I, I can be entertained. I, that's why I've said I've never been bored for one second in my life because Anything can be entertained. I can, oh, let's do this. Okay, what about this? Let's do this. Oh, let's, I, 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 I don't have enough life to really explore all of my interests and all the things that I find fun and entertaining. I, I'm just, when people say they're bored, I will never understand that. I don't understand it. But I say all of this because I subscribed yesterday to Coast to Coast AM and I start looking through the programs. All right, which ones do I want to listen to? Which ones do I want to make a priority? Because, you know, before my subscription runs out, you know, which ones do I do I want to listen to? So I, I made it down to the Tuesday, September the 6th broadcast. Ancient prophecy, patterns of coincidence. Wow. Ancient prophecy, patterns of coincidence. That sounds like, that sounds interesting. All right. What ancient prophecy are they referring to? And are they saying that it's just patterns of coincidence? Are they going to contrast the idea of, oh, it's just a coincidence with being an actual prophecy? Okay. I, I, I'm game. I'm ready to go. All right. Let's then right when I get ready to hit play show, right? right I'll, I'll hold up my iPad. Right when I got ready to do this. Right. 
right when I got ready to play to, to hear that, that, I mean, that theme for Coast to Coast AM, I mean, that thing is classic, legendary in the history of radio. I mean, Coast to Coast AM, whatever you may think about the program, just from a radio historical perspective, is pretty significant what they were doing. I mean, nobody was doing anything like it. It's uh, there, there may have been obviously forerunners, but I just know Coast to Coast AM. Massively influential, uh, I won't say influential, massively took up a large portion of my life when I was in the military, security forces, you know, guarding a fence line somewhere in the end of a runway and what's called a whiskey post it's sitting there in the darkness carrying an m16 and have a little radio listening to coast to coast am all right so i i just have fond memories of listening to it so whenever i hear that theme yes but right before i got ready to hit play show underneath the title ancient prophecy patterns of coincidence there's a little paragraph and let me read it to you in the first half of the program Expert in ancient mysteries, Jonathan Kahn shared his theory of the current social and spiritual decline in the United States and how it connects to the evil spirits he says were loosed by ancient pagan religions. Although Western civilization was initially spared the influence of those spirits thanks to a mass exorcism, Khan explained nations like the U.S. began to invite evil to return to us through cultural shifts like that of the 1960s. When any cultural culture that has known God turns away from God, what comes in is demonic, he asserted. Now, please note how they describe him. He is an expert in ancient mysteries. They don't refer to him as a, a Bible teacher, as a theologian, as a biblical scholar, as an expert on biblical eschatology. Now, I don't know who wrote that description. What I don't know. So I'm not going to make any accusations towards Jonathan Kahn, but it's just fascinating that Jonathan Kahn would end up on a program, program like Coast to Coast AM. Now, on one hand, you can make an argument, well, he should. You go wherever you're invited. If you can bring forth your, the biblical message, you go wherever you're invited. On the other hand, if you're taking the Bible into a program like Coast to Coast AM that will throw out any wacky idea, I mean, any, it, anybody can get on that program. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter re your religious beliefs. Do you... Does it give your, I mean, I think the, I think the listeners of Coast to Coast AM just kind of take everything with like, oh, that's their view. Oh, that's their theory. That's their theory. I don't know if they really give weight to any one theory more than the other. I don't know. You can draw your own conclusions, whether it's a good idea or bad idea. Now, for me, it's a bad idea simply because Jonathan Kahn is not bringing biblical Christianity to anyone. He's bringing his own horrible, horrible example of how not to do biblical hermeneutics. And those average people listening to him are like, oh, here's some, here's some guy. Okay, I'll go buy his books. And next thing you know, they think the Bible makes these claims, which is just frightening to me. But what I decided to do, now I cannot review the audio of the actual program because Coast to Coast AM puts their program behind a paywall. So I'm not going to obviously take something behind a paywall and then review it or analyze it, even though I could probably try to argue it, it, would, it would be a part of the free, uh, free use law. But um, I, I, I'm not going to do that because I think that that would be that would be wrong. And it probably would still be a violation even of the free use law because it's, it is behind a paywall. So here's what they do do. Every day they release what is called the best of Coast to Coast AM. 
And they only give, it only gives you like a little bit of what was said. But just because I find it fascinating that even when I go to, even like I'm going to go to Coast to Coast AM and just have a time of fun, there's Jonathan Kahn staring me in the face. And not, a, what is not only bizarre, guess what? I got a notification today, this morning, once again from the Overcast podcast app about some other episode dealing with Jonathan Kahn. I'm like, Jonathan Kahn, stop bothering me. (laughs) Are you following me? Are you stalking me? Stop it, please. So it's just fun, I guess, in some ways that this keeps happening. Maybe it just tells me that I need to keep talking about Jonathan Kahn for a while. I don't know. Others of you may be ready for me to stop talking about it, but let's at least find out what did he do on Coast to Coast AM? I haven't heard any of this yet. Um, I got ready to listen to it. I'm like, no, I don't want to because I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of hearing about Jonathan Kahn. I want to hear. I just want to have fun with all of the other stuff on Coast to Coast AM. So, um, but I, so I grabbed this. It's 16 minutes and 37 seconds. I don't even think all of that's Jonathan Kahn. I think it's just going to be a few minutes of Jonathan Kahn, and then they're going to play best of clips from the other parts of the program, which dealt, uh, had other guests on the show as well. So let's go through this. Um, Jonathan Kahn. <laughs> and uh, they do have links here, the Harbinger website, Harbinger of Things to Come. So they do put links here. And then they got books, uh, The Return of the Gods, The Harbinger, The Harbinger 2, The Return. So um, it's it. I guess what they did is maybe Jonathan Kahn went with the ancient prophecy and then they brought someone in who to talk about patterns of coincidence. So I don't know. Is the person going to argue that ancient prophecy is just a pattern of coincidence? I don't know. I'd have to listen to the whole program. It probably would be interesting to analyze, do an analysis of, but man, I'm I'm just, I don't want to talk about Jonathan Kahn anymore, but we will, we will, we'll see what we can do. So are you ready? Let's at least, let's just have a little bit of fun this afternoon. If I said this morning, I apologize. Let's have a little fun this afternoon and find out what Jonathan Kahn I mean, according to some people, the most anointed biblical teacher from Bible prophecy in the world today. Let's see what he was doing on Coast to Coast AM. Let's see what he had to say in this best of episode of Coast to Coast AM that you can subscribe to on all of your podcast apps. Look uh, look for best of Coast to Coast AM. At least you'll just kind of get an idea of what's being said every night. Even if if you're like, I don't really care about that. It is just interesting to keep up with what's going on in that world. And it doesn't take a lot to just subscribe to that. It doesn't cost you any money. But if you ever want to explore Coast to Coast AM, let me tell you, you're in a world of, you're you're going to enter into the world of the bizarre. And uh, for some people, they don't, nope, I don't want anything to do with that because it, it scares them or maybe it may cause them to stumble, which I completely understand. For me, it's just like, Hey, did you hear that? Like, that's what we used to do in, in the military and security for it. Did you hear Coast to Coast AM? Oh, man, that was nuts. You hear what happened about 2 AM? Did you hear that phone call? What in the world was going on with that? Yeah, that's, 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 it was more like entertainment. Not that we took it seriously, but here we go. Let's find out on what Jonathan Kahn had to say on Coast to Coast AM on September the 6th, 2022, talking about supposedly ancient prophecy. Now, here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Jonathan Kahn back with us. Jonathan is the author of the national bestseller, The Harbinger, the ancient mystery that holds the secret of America's future. He is an internationally recognized authority on end-time prophecy, 
leads the Jerusalem Center Beth Israel in Wayne, New Jersey. He's president of Hope of the World and International Outreach. And Jonathan's uh, teachings and messages are heard all around the world and are known to reveal, of course, deep mysteries of biblical truth. His latest work is called The Return of the Gods. And you didn't hold back on this one, Jonathan. Welcome back. Is he the leading expert? Is he the world-renowned leading expert on biblical prophecy? I mean, how did he, how did he become the, the leading expert? And if he, and and if let's say he is within the evangelical world, let's say I mean I'm just just for hypothetically speaking, right? Just just for just to ask the questions, just for us to to just consider. Let's say it's true. Let's say that in the evangelical world, Jonathan Kahn is now the foremost expert on biblical prophecy. Let's just say that's true. What does that say about the evangelical world? That the evangelical world, not only do they not care about true biblical study, true Bible study, true exegetical study, not only do they not care, but sensationalism continues to be the thing that sells. What is sensational? What is supposedly new? Is Jonathan Kahn the expert, or is Jonathan Kahn just the voice that can can basically sell religion. I think um, I was talking to someone about this, and, and I think I wrote down their quote. They said something along these lines, the religion for sell voice, the religion for, that Jonathan Kahn has that religion for sell voice, that because of his voice, he sounds so authoritative, it sounds so educated. He just has that voice that can sell anything. And so now he's the religion for sell voice. I think that may, maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe you may find that too negative, but... I just find it interesting that he keeps popping up everywhere. And and just, it's just, Glenn Beck thinks he's amazing. Glenn Beck is a Mormon. Why would you think someone, I mean, like, why, why would there be anything that you think you're amazing? They're you know, on coast to coast AM and they seem to be, you know, words. Now I know that that's typically the coast to coast, uh, the coast to coast coast approach is, if you don't know, their philosophy is don't challenge the guest. Let them say whatever they want, that they're not there to challenge. They're there to just let you express, and then the listener can decide. It's kind of a very unique perspective. Some people like it. Some people hate it. I like it better than the arguing and yelling and screaming. Just let me hear their perspective. So um, they always treat their guests with with respect in that way. But um, obviously, theologically, you know, hermeneutically, I've got issues. But let's see what he has to say. Back. <laughs> no, no, I, I couldn't do that. This is definitely the most explosive book I've ever written. I, I've written books of people. So when I said that, they said, that, well, the other ones were explosive. This is definitely the most explosive. And you sent out copies to some of the players in the book, basically, didn't you? Yeah, well, well, yeah, the publisher, yeah, Steve Strang, yeah, they sent it out to, like, key people all really around America. Just It just it actually just came out today. It's the first time I'm on with you on the actual day. But, yeah, just before that, they sent the first copies to key people in America, yes. Tell us about the title, The Return of the Gods. Yeah, well... Okay, so The Return of the Gods, I guess, is a brand new book by Jonathan Kahn. So I guess in a roundabout way, we were I was getting notifications about, about older books, but the new book was on its way and I wasn't even paying attention. So in a roundabout way, 
I, again, it's it's hilarious. Is it coincidence? Is it divine providence that it's like, hey, you need to be paying attention to Jonathan Khan. You need to start a series on Jonathan Khan now. Do it now so that when everyone starts talking about it, you're already in front of everyone. It wasn't my plan. It's not because I was smart. It's not because I had any foresight. I just kind of just, all of this just kind of fell into my lap. So I guess there's a new book, The Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn. Who, who wants to read it first? Who, I'm, I'm going to, I need a listener to read it first and give me a review. Who, who wants to be that person? Who wants, to, I don't know. I don't know if I have any uh, listeners who want to do that. When did it, did it really come out on, on September the 5th? I got, I got to look this up. Like, how did I miss this? Okay, hang on. Return of the Gods. Like, there it is. Jonathan Kahn. When did this come out? Return of, they have September the 6th as the date. Wow. How did I? Yes, yeah, September the 6th. That is crazy. So, so like... I was getting, I was be, getting kind of like, that's why he's showing up everywhere all of a sudden. So now I mean, I don't know how I did not catch this because we were reviewing audio from like 2015, 2018. So I, I wasn't catching on. I don't know why those podcast apps were pulling that stuff. Maybe they were just like, oh, Jonathan Khan's getting ready to be the big thing. We're going to start sending out. I, I don't know. It's really weird, but okay. So here's his brand new book. I just kind of stumbled into all of this. See, I should have, what I should have done is when all of this started happening, it's like, okay, I need to pay attention to what's going on. But I really, I, I didn't, I didn't try to investigate it because I just, the whole thing about Jonathan Kahn just bothers me so much. It frustrates me so much. So, all right, we're going to have to do some work on Return of the Gods. Who, who wants to read it first? I, I need, I need, I need some people to read it and 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 then give me your perspective because you may be more like, oh, it's not that bad. It, it's pretty good, and I may be the one. It's it's a trade. It's horrible. So maybe you can balance me out. Who who wants to read it? Come on, let me know. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. If you're willing to go find a copy of Return of the Gods by Jonathan Khan today and start reading it. ASAP. Let, let's read it. Let's talk about it. All right. Maybe we started this series just, just in time. It's truly bizarre the way this is all kind of, I'm kind of fascinated by how all of this has played out, but here we go. Let's see what he has to say in regards to this new book. That's the most explosive book he's ever written. And his publisher sent it out to key figures in the book. I, I wonder why they would do that. I wonder maybe to spark some controversy. You could sell some more copies. I know I'm jaded. I'm cynical. This is this is a, a mystery that lies behind everything. That that is uh, every the, the transformation of America. What's been happening the last say sixty years? What has been changing our culture, changing our uh, politics, changing the Supreme Court, changing our children? Um, and what if behind all of this there was an ancient mystery? Goes back thousands of years. Goes back to the Bible and goes back to. Mesopotamia, the tablets of ancient, the ancient Middle East. What if the gods 
um, that we call, you know, we, we think of them as fiction and mythology, and, it's, and certainly there is that, that to them. But what if there was something real about these things? And what if there's actually entities? And what if they existed in some form and returned now? What would happen if they returned to America? What would happen if they returned to the modern world? This is what the, the Return of the Gods is revealing, and this is, you know, it even affecting things like uh, the Supreme Court, when exactly the determining when the rulings are handed down, what if uh, some of these entities actually manifested in America? Where's it all heading? And, and this affects everyone listening. I mean, it affects me, affects every one of us. What do we need to know? So the, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the opening of it. Um, and then, of course, the question is, you know, what are the gods? <laughs> Yeah. And who are the gods? Yeah, well, this is, now this goes back to, uh, in, in the scriptures, it speaks about the gods, of course, and it's a small g, you know, different from the god, but, but in, that, in the scriptures, in the Hebrew scriptures, it says that when these, the pagan nations were worshipping these gods, gives a word for them in Hebrew, the word is shedim, and the shedim actually means entity, so there's something going on behind the gods, and then that was the the word was translated into Greek by the ancient rabbis, and the word they used was the word daimonia. We get the word actually demonic from that. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he writes, he says that, that when the Gentiles or the pagans are worshipping, you know, these idols, they're actually worshipping the daimonia, that, which, is, which are entities, which are spirits. And so what it's saying is, it's not, I'm not saying that, that the, all the mythology of each god is real, of course not, it's all it's, it's mythology, but what if there are spirits behind it? And what if they play upon these mythologies? And the thing is that, that you know, in the ancient world, you know, everybody worshipped gods. I mean, it's kind of a strange phenomenon. No matter where you go in the world, people were worshipping gods. And so if there were spirits behind that, and that's what the Bible says, then, then it means that these, these civilizations were given to spirits. And one of the things that I found, George, when I was looking at this, is that in every, virtually every culture, there is records of not only these gods, but of possession, or a form of possession. The closer you got to the gods, the closer you got to possession. The, the priests and, the, and the, the ministers of these gods would, be, would get into trances, would be shaking, would be foaming, would be all the signs of possession. And it's not, a, you know, when the Bible speaks about possession, it's not just an individual. An entire culture could be possessed. And so what, what, the, what the premise is, you know, it's kind of like we're putting the... So an entire culture can be possessed, according uh, to this. An entire uh, possession can be possessed. All right, that, that's an interesting concept, all right? So, so the ancient gods, there were spirits behind them, demonic, and the d- demons have come back. They have returned. The demons have come back. Why did they go away? They have come back. When did they come back? Are they are they here now? This seems to be his premise. I'm I'm just trying to I'm just trying to f- speak it out loud to try to understand exactly the thesis here so that we can understand it. But let let's see where he goes. Together 
a mystery. The premise, uh, if we were around in ancient civilization, the, every civilization was like this. I mean, with the exception of Israel, when, except when Israel turned away from God. Then it, was, then, then it was just joined the rest of it. So the thing is that, the question is then, what happened? Because, because when we, the culture we've grown up in is very different. And what happened was that the God, Jesus happened, and the gospel happened, and, the, and what the, the word of God in Israel went forth to the pagan world, went forth to the Roman Empire. The disciples went forth. So you got a clash between God and the gods, the, the word of God and the, the mythology and the spirit and the spirit. So you, so you have this big clash. And in fact, that's why the believers were persecuted. First Christians were thrown to the lions because they it was about the gods. They would not worship the gods. And in fact, Georgina, there's something called the, the Great Persecution, Diocletian, when he, he launched it. Actually, he launched it because of this woman called the Oracle. And mm-hmm. the Oracle was a woman who was, you know, basically possessed by this spirit, she said, was of the gods. And she's the one who started, who said, yes, persecute the Christians. In the end, though, the, the gospel triumphed, or the word triumphed, and monotheism triumphed. And so what happened? The, the gods, or the, you know, the departed, the, you know, the temples of Zeus and Athena, oh, they, they, they were emptied out. The gods left. But if behind the gods are spirits or entities, then the, here, what happened to them? It was the greatest casting out. In a sense, it was the mass exorcism of Western civilization. And that's why our civilization is different, because it was an exercise. It was, it was the, the spirits were cast out of it. Now, the thing is, but, but the thing is that if spirits... Okay, hang on. I'm going to back that up, because I was checking out... Uh... The uh, Diocletian, and I think it's called the Oracle of Delphi, uh, a little bit about that and how uh, the Oracle told the, the, that the sect of Christianity would just be the destruction of the empire, and that's why he launched the persecution, if I remember correctly. So I was just verifying, because he makes lots of claims. We've talked about it before. He makes lots of claims, and he goes so fast. Some of his claims don't prove to be exactly correct. Uh, we, we talked about one of his other things that he was saying in regards to the stock market crash and how this person was going to reign this many years because I think Jehu in the Bible and uh, someone was letting me know, no, the date, his, his dates don't match. His dates are incorrect. So um, I told them to record a podcast episode about it. If they put it together, I'll, I'll, I'll place this in, in this series and so that you can listen to it there. So just be, you, you want to follow the series. If you have the Church One app, Church One, uh, do a search for Theology Central, choose us, find the series on Jonathan Kahn. There's going to be lots of content. Obviously, now we're, we're going to have to even go into more high gear to probably address a lot of these issues, even though this whole started by mere, from human perspective, coincidence, but it's something bizarre. It's just weird how all this is going on. But let's back this up and see what he has to say here again, because I just want to make sure I get all of this right. Here we go. In the end, though, the, the gospel triumphed, or the word triumphed, and monotheism triumphed. And so what happened? The, the gods, or the, you know, the departed, the, you know, the temples of Zeus and Athena, oh, they, they, they were emptied out. The gods left. But if behind the gods are spirits or entities, then the, here, what happened to them? It was the greatest casting out. In a sense, it was the mass exorcism of Western civilization. And that's why our civilization is different, because it was an exercise. It was, it was the, the spirits were cast out of it. Now, the thing is, but, but the thing is that if spirits are real, and if spirits are, uh, entities are, you know, they're, they're a lot, in a sense, they're, they're not just fiction, then, then they don't die. So what happens? So Western civilization, 
is a civilization built with all the demons exercised or cast out. Hmm, that's that's an interesting claim. That's an interesting claim. Western civilization, it was demon-free. All those other civilizations were filled with demons. Now look at the things Western civilization did. So so what it did, it make us better because we were demon-free? I mean, obviously sin and ungodliness was still very much present. Like that's an interesting claim. Okay, let, let's just right now. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to gather his thesis, trying to understand his claims here. To them, and what if they returned? When you make more of your home with Valspar, you want to keep doing more. All right, they go like to a commercial. I didn't realize there was a commercial in the middle, uh, seven minutes in. Now maybe that's maybe that's all they have to say. We'll we'll wait. I, uh, I was like a commercial. You, you made it seven minutes in. Like we've got to go do a commercial. We got to make some money. You already make people pay for the un, for the for to hear the full audio. You can't give us the free audio without a commercial, or couldn't do it at the beginning or the end. It's called a mid roll. It's called a mid roll uh, ad in podcasting. Because I always get emails from our podcasting site. You could be making this much money if you would add ads to your podcast. You could place one at the beginning. You could do a mid-roll, and you could do a, one at the end. So far, I, I don't want. I don't ever want to monetize my podcast. I don't want to, not a theology one. If I was doing a, a, a you know one on music or, or movies or what or anything else, I would, but not not a. Have you ruled out that these gods might be extraterrestrials? Well, I haven't. The, the book, you know, George. When I when I first actually, w- what led me to the Lord? I started reading books like Eric Van Donegan, Chariot of the Gods, and all sure. about the ancient thing. That that's what first turned me then to look. Then I looked at Nostradamus. Then I then I read the late great planet Earth, you know, which talked about the biblical prophecies. The 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 this doesn't go into that. It's going into the spiritual part. So whatever you know, whatever one believes of you know the ancient, the, you know the, what was behind it. There are there the Bible says there are definitely there's a spiritual realm to it, and and in fact you know in fact one of the keys to the to this mystery and to see what this is hopefully this is going to be really explaining what is happening right now and and that's weird so I don't know if you heard the question because I had the volume down could it be that these spirits these things are 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 extraterrestrials are they're they're aliens right. And it's weird. Jonathan Khan doesn't want to say, well, they're not, but I, it doesn't really go into this. I'm looking at the spirit behind it. So, so whatever you, you can refer to extraterrestrials. It's almost like it, it, but there's, there's a spirit behind it. So he doesn't seem to want to really commit and say, no, no, guys, I don't, I don't believe in extraterrestrials. I don't believe in aliens. Uh, but if they're there, there could be demons behind it. it he, it's just kind of an interesting approach. It, 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 it's, it's almost like, is he modifying what he would normally say because he's on Coast to Coast AM where 99% of the audience clearly believes in UFOs, aliens, alien abductions, and, and you know, Roswell, everything else. I mean, like, that. I mean, this would be the audience. So he doesn't want to offend. So he's like, hey, I'm not going to get into whether they're aliens. I'm just going to say there's spirits behind them. Like, that's kind of a, I don't know. You, you may find that that he's smart. You may find that it's a, I don't know what you think about that, but let's continue. You know, uh, George, I just started doing the interviews, and uh, one person said, "You know, th- this is this is like explaining everything and why people are saying it's going so crazy. What's going on?" Well, one of the keys to unlock this is uh, is what Jesus actually gave. He gave a parable 
called the which is it's about I call it the house of spirits. Okay. And that is this. He says if a spirit goes forth from a man um, and it goes it wanders into the desert. Speak about someone who's been exercised. It says it, it it can't if it can't find a you know like a host it goes back says I'm going to go back to the man or I'm going to go back to my house talking about the man goes back to the house or the man and it says that he finds it all empty and clean and he says okay I'm going to get my my other friends and he, and he brings seven other spirits and what he said, and it, they repossess the man and what it's saying is and people Christians have taken this anybody read the Bible well that's about if you're if you're you are cleansed don't go back because it's going to be worse if you turn back after knowing God it's going to be repossessed but the, what they miss is he says at the end he says so it will be with this generation in other words it's not just talking about possession of a person he's talking about possession of a culture a civilization so if we take this now to the biggest level or the greatest level this is what you get is that western civilization was was in a sense delivered exercised of all these spirits uh, but the thing is that if it ever turns back if it ever if the west we're going to have to spend some time working on that parable. We're going to spend some time working on that parable. And I always get nervous when you start building like a whole concept off a parable. Like, like I'm going to build this entire concept. The key is this parable. Remember, parables typically have like one major point. Like you're not supposed to break every little aspect of the parable down. I'm trying to say, well, this fits this and this fits this. No, it's, it's, it's one major point being made. So what is the major point of that parable Clearly, I think we're going to have some work cut out uh, for us. And we will place any work we do on that parable. We'll put uh, in the, I don't think we'll create a separate series. I think we'll place it in this series. We'll just have to see. This could take us in lots of different directions, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to, most likely in the book, The Return of the Gods, he, I'm assuming he goes into great detail on his quote unquote exegetical approach to the parable. And then we'll have to probably look at that review, critique that, and then build, a, 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 just rework the parable and see what we can come up with in a, hopefully a biblically sound exegetical study of it. America, the, the whole Western culture, if it ever turns away from God, turns back, then the spirits are going to return, and they're going to come back to repossess that culture, and they're going to come back worse than before, or in other words, the gods are returning. And when you look at history, one of the things I study you know, in, uh, throughout is history, and that is when any culture that has known God turns away from God, like for instance, the, the Russia, the Soviet Union, what comes in is demonic. Uh, Germany, when it turns away from God, uh, Hitler, what comes in is demonic. Mm-hmm. Before, you know, in ancient times, before the gospel, you had Nero. But, but after, you know, when post-Christian, you get, hit, you get Hitler's. So, and actually, this even leads to biblical prophecy about the Antichrist. So, so the danger now is we're talking not about Germany. We're talking about America and the West, and we are in the process of this very thing. If these gods return, Jonathan, in what form or fashion would it happen? Okay, well, first, you know, they're not going to come back and say, you know, you know, we're coming back to repossess. You know, and it, in fact, most people won't even be aware something's happening because we're in a secular age. And so they're going to come back, you know, in, in, a, in a masked form. And the thing is that um, the, the one thing is that, you know, the way it will happen is that 
if a nation, and again, or a culture like them, and here in America, if we begin to open the door, we begin to kind of, you know, the, the, the parable says that basically the house, if it's emptied of God, it's not going to remain empty. And so if we start pushing God out, then that's when it's going to happen. Um, if we, so, okay, so we, I guess there were demons, then they were exercised. So Western culture had demons, they were exercised. Then we lived a long time without the demons. Now, if we push God out, in a sense, the house becomes empty, then the demons will come back. So is he referring to pushing God out of society? So is this is this almost like a, a roundabout way to bring some form of Christian national? We need God back in society. Hey, society, you need God here, here, here. You need Christianity here, 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 here. Because if you don't, demons are going to come and possess us all. Is this almost like a, a different approach to Christian nationalism? This this has some, I'm getting a little worried now. I'm getting a little worried. And it's going to happen as a spirit. And what happened is, if you look at when America really started turning from God, I mean, where it's noticeable, is the early 60s. We start saying, you know, we'll take prayer out of school. We'll take the, the word out of school. Oh, there we have it. Oh, oh no, no, no. We got to put the Bible back in school. We got to put prayer back in school. We got to do that. Well, why don't we put the Quran back in school? Why don't we put Islamic prayer back in school? Why, 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 I mean, no, no, no. Christians are like, absolutely not. Well, if you have freedom of religion, then why do you want Christianity put in those situations? Why? Why do you want to force Christianity upon people? We don't force Christian. Let have prayer return to the church. Have the word of God return to the church. The church, look, church buildings are, are usually empty most of the week. How about have Christians showing up in those church buildings praying in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, and overnight? I mean, why, why don't have actual Bible studies going on in churches instead of fun, food, and activity? I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm always criticizing the church in that situation. This seems like, hey, hey, listen, guys, if we don't put, if we don't basically establish some form of Christian nationalism, we're all going to be demonically possessed. That's what it sounds like where he's going. I don't know if he would use the word Christian nationalism, but when you're basically saying, we got to get God here, we get God here, we get God here, you're not saying bring the gospel to them, you're saying imposing Christian things within the society. There's a difference. We begin a process, and it's that, at that moment is when this begins. And the thing is, the question, of course, is also which gods or what, what gods. Now, I, I guarantee you, if he's in front of a Christian audience and he starts talking about the 60s and 70s, he's going to mention Roe v. Wade and abortion. I, I guarantee you. That's when we pushed God out. All right. Okay, great. And he would mention uh, gay rights uh, and homosexuality. Now, is he going to do that on Coast to Coast AM or is he going to just purposely leave those things out? as when America started pushing out God. Now, now remember, we're only hearing the best of, so maybe they don't place it in there. I'll have to listen to the whole thing to see, does he actually mention Roe v. Wade, abortion and homosexuality on a secular radio program? I doubt he does. And then you can argue, well, he does it there, but he does in the book. So if he gets people to the book, so is it a strategic thing? Is it, you, you can draw your own conclusion. But maybe he's getting ready to mention it. He's only got about two minutes left. Let's see if he mentions it. There were three primary gods in when Israel turned away from God. There were three primary gods that basically came into the culture and led ultimately to Israel's destruction. And I, in the book, in the Return of the Gods, I call it the Dark Trinity. 
And the same gods, you know, you know, keep in mind, America was founded after the pattern of Israel. It was, you know, by the Puritans. We were supposed to be a new Israel. If we turn away, and even Western civilization is based on that, if we turn away, then these same ones are going to come back, and it will come back. First, it will come back, you know, uh, very subtly, and it will be like, hey, you know, be open. You know, we have to be open to new things, open to new morality. And when you look at the, the starting with the 1960s, it, it's like clockwork. I mean, up to the present day, starting with the first of the Dark Trinity. Now tell us about the possessor. Okay. The, the very first God, when you look at the Bible and you look at what about these, of these gods that, that came in, the first one is, is called, well, you, people don't know it as that, but the possessor is what his name really means. Um, and this one, he was known, his, his name in Hebrew was Baal, or Baal. And this is always the first one's mentioned. It was, it was this one, it's kind of like, this is the spirit that says, I'm going to bring back the others. Well, this was the kind of anti-god. When Israel started turning away, this was, it was the, he was the chief god of the Canaanite pantheon. He was the alternate god. He was the substitute god. He's the god of saying, turn, you know, turn away from God, basically. And he began to, the spirit of Baal begins to drive out the god from, yeah. from the public square, from, from the culture, from the uh, from from the children, from everything, and so if he cut, if this, you know, we open the door. This is the first part, and this is going to be what he's, what the spirit's going to do is come back to repossess the West, repossess America. Now remember, these are pagan gods, these are pagan spirits. And there was a group, by the way, Jonathan, a few years ago that wanted to erect a statue in commemoration of Baal. <laughs> Exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, well, oh it was, well, there's two things. I mean, you know, there, there's two things. One is one was the arch of Baal, and you know what? They should be able to do that in a country that supposedly practices the freedom of religion. Okay, that's the way it's supposed to work. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you got no problem with 18 churches, but no, 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 you can't do that. Well, wait a minute. If you were deny them freedom, you deny yourself freedom. Oh man, it's so. I don't. Sometimes I think Christians want to literally take over the wor- world. I, I sometimes don't understand. Like you don't see the ultimate how it will destroy you. You 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 deny it. You only, you can only hold it back for so long. Sooner or later, society changes, and they're like, "Okay, Christians were in charge. Now we're in charge. Christians, you die. Christians, your churches get burned down." Let's not try to enforce it. Let's just say, leave us alone and let us preach it. Let us teach it. Let us live it. Let us let let them see that the church is a place where they can learn about it. Which was erected in New York City. I was actually there, uh, George. You know, when they they had this big ceremony, they had a sheet, they unveiled it, they played they played Middle Eastern music, the gate that led people to worship this god. Baal, and, and, and they had the, uh, you know, we recorded it. The deputy mayor of New York was there praising this whole thing. This is actually a dark thing. This is actually, this is actually a sign of a nation that is going to be possessed by, by these things. And remember, his name means possessor. And so you have pagan gods, and they, they are, what are they, they're coming back to a, quote, Judeo-Christian nation. Well, what, the, what they're going to do, they're, the mission of Baal, or the spirit, is to turn a Christian nation into a pagan one, to paganize its morality, paganize its worldview, all those things. And some of the signs that, you know, th- this was happening is that, you know, what happened in ancient Israel is you'll start, it's happening now, you'll start seeing God driven 
out of everything, driven out not just the schools, driven out of the public square, driven out of government, driven out of entertainment, driven out of everything. Well, we've been watching that happen one, you know, one step after the next. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight. Now, if he mentioned abortion or, or LGBTQ or any of that, clearly they didn't play it in on the, in the best of. Um, I'll have to listen to the whole episode. I think he says BL, BL, Bell, uh, means the possessor. And I'm looking at the Hebrew word. And let me go back. Okay. And it came to pass on the morrow that Balak told Balaam uh, and brought him up into the high place of Bial or Bell. I'm going to look this up. And there's Balaam, Balak. Of Baal. That's not helpful. Okay, I'm going to hang on. I'm going to do another search here. Doing another search. Okay, I'm going to go to Judges 2.13. And the Lord, uh, and they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashroth. All right, let's go. Let's look at this. Baal. All right, here we are. It means Lord. I'm looking in the... uh, Beal is used 80 times. It's translated Beal 62 times, Balaam 18 times. Beal, a Phoenician deity. Outline of biblical usage, Beal equals Lord. Supreme male divinity of the Phoenicians and Canaanites. A, a, um, a where, where do they get, that means possessor. Now he knows Hebrew a million times better than I do. I'm just looking at base. So I, that's, that's another interesting thing. Okay, we'll have to stop right there. So Jonathan Kahn has a new book out called Return of the Gods. He was just on Coast to Coast AM promoting it. Some very interesting things he did not say, but we don't have the entire audio here. I mean, I have the entire audio right here on my iPad because I subscribe to Coast to Coast AM and I can I can listen to it. I will have to go through it. But what we need right now is some people to read Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn. And let's talk about the most troubling aspects in it. Let's first, I know, let's not even do that. First, let's not look at the most troubling aspects of it. Let's just look at how the scriptures are handled in the hermeneutic that is used. We can critique the hermeneutic. Then we can critique the conclusions. Then we can try to figure out maybe what's the most troubling things we need to address. So, um, wow, that that went, I wasn't expecting that, but um, there you go. I will stop right there. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. I guess I will say this. Look, there's so many voices out there saying so many things. The only way to protect yourself from knowing which voice is true or right, you yourself, you have to learn to study the Bible yourself using Bible study methods, engaging in serious, meaningful Bible study. That's why we do the Bible study exercise podcast series to try to get you to do just that. But we... I mean, I don't know. Is 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 Jonathan Khan onto something? Is this so is this the harbinger, but you know, even worse? I don't know. You tell me what you think. Let's talk about it. Newsif at yahoo.com. Clearly, we'll be talking about this more coming up soon as we continue to follow exactly what's going on. And uh we'll 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 get a good idea of what's happening. All right. Thanks for listening. God bless.